with Thanksgiving just around the corner on Thursday. We're definitely thinking along those lines, I'm sure. And how many of you have the tradition in your home, and you've had it for years, maybe when you grew up, uh, it was the same way that around the Thanksgiving table, you, you go around and every person says something that they're thankful for in your family. How many of you do that? Just a couple of you? Wow. Wow. Man, I expected like a lot. You guys need to do that. There you go. You're welcome. New tradition this year. Whether you do that or not, uh, you definitely are thinking along those lines of thanksgiving and being thankful. And we know that we're supposed to be thankful. Uh, we're reminded of that at this time of year. It's, it's everywhere. Be thankful. Give thanks. And uh, so we know that that's supposed to be part of what we're doing, um, especially come Thursday. And for a lot of us, and a lot of us have so much to be thankful for. I mean, if we started actually listing out everything that we have to be thankful for, uh, it would take us many Thanksgivings indeed to cover it. And that's true of just about all of us. And a lot of us find it easy to do that. Once we start, like once we actually start thinking intentionally about the different things we have to be thankful for, our blessings, our provisions, it actually is pretty easy for us to do that. There are some people, though, and I'm willing to bet that it's true of some of you here, that it's not so easy to do that. That it's actually very hard uh, for you to find a lot to really be thankful for. That's certainly been true maybe at some point in your life. And chances are that at least a couple of you have come into this building today bearing burdens that are getting in the way of a thankful mindset or a thankful heart. It just stands to reason. And if that's not true of you today, you certainly can relate to feeling that way and and understand what that's like, and it's a terrible place to be. Um, it's, It's miserable to be under such weights when that's all you can see and it's all you can feel. So sometimes giving thanks is hard. Sometimes it's not easy. And we certainly need to understand that our giving thanks and having a thankful heart and mindset, it's something that is not supposed to be limited to that one time a year called Thanksgiving, that holiday. In God's Word, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, there is a really striking command and statement given and a really difficult one. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you're a believer, a big part of God's will for you, his general, very objective will for you as a believer is that you would be a thankful person, that you would have a thankful mindset, a thankful heart, a thankful spirit in not just the easy times, the easy circumstances, the things that come naturally, but in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's difficult, isn't it? I mean, let's just be honest and just say how hard that is. Because all circumstances, they cover everything, right? 
I mean, it covers the good times. It covers the, the easy times that we all love, those times of comfort. And when everything's going right, things are going well, it covers that. That's when it's really easy to be thankful and to say, as we sang today, oh, thank you, Lord, and I just want to thank you, Lord. I mean, that's easy in those times when things are easy. But what about when they're not? Because all circumstances, that includes goals not met. That includes desires not fulfilled. That includes paychecks not coming when you know they need to be. That includes a pile of bills that you have no idea how you're going to pay. That includes people in hospitals, including newborn babies like a family in our church has had for a couple weeks now. Uh, the new, the little Harding baby. He's, he's really been struggling all week long, and I think he's supposed to maybe come home today. Is that, is that still the case? Great. Praise the Lord. Keep him in prayer. But it's things like that that include all circumstances. When you have a, a new baby and the mom can't even keep that little new baby with her, he's taken off to another hospital. That's all circumstances. It includes when a water heater goes out or a car stops working. It includes wondering how you're going to keep your house. It includes where we're supposed to move now. It includes what about when my husband or my wife say to me they no longer love me and they're out of here. It includes all of those things. I mean, all circumstances can be very, very difficult. But the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, believer, is that you would exhibit and maintain and pursue a thankful heart and spirit in all of it. But that's hard. Man, that's hard. And I think a big reason that we struggle so much with that, why that is so overwhelming, and why we find ourselves so discouraged so much of the time, uh, is because we recognize that we're supposed to do that. That's what we're called to do. We don't deny that that's the Word of God and the will of God for us. We say, Amen, yes, I believe that. But why we find it so hard to carry it out and apply it and live it out and get so discouraged in that and just give up so much of the time, I think it's because we wrongly insert for all circumstances instead of in all circumstances. Those prepositions are important. They really are. See, in this command and, and in this statement, God is, is not asking us to be like these unfeeling robots out of touch with the reality that is before us, out of touch with the reality that we're in, out of touch with hard circumstances. That's not what he's calling for here. He's not saying, I want you to do what no human being could possibly do and thank me for the really hard, bad circumstances that come your way. I don't want, I'm, he's not asking us to, to be like insane, which is what it would be, to, to thank God for something that is truly brutal and painful and horrible in our lives. I mean, that wouldn't make sense at all. 
And that's not what he's asking. He's not saying, thank me for every hard, terrible trial that comes along your way. Thank me for all those unpleasant situations you find yourself in. And if you don't thank me for those things, then you're in sin and you're out of my will. That's not at all what he's saying. But that's sometimes what we tell ourselves, what we convince our minds, what we hear. Maybe that's what you've been taught to look at it that way. But that is not what God is asking us to do. Instead, he's asking us to choose to allow a greater reality to be superimposed over the situations and reality that we find ourselves in from time to time. He's not calling us to deny and pretend that the reality we find ourselves in, the hard reality I'm talking about, doesn't exist and isn't hard, isn't bad. He's not saying just ignore it, act as if it didn't, doesn't even happen, just convince yourself otherwise. No, he's just saying, I want to tell you how you can be thankful in those circumstances, how you can choose to accept a greater, higher reality that exists over the reality you find yourselves in. And my friends, the reason that's possible, the reason that we can have a thankful heart in all circumstances, in challenging circumstances as well as good, in unpleasant circumstances as well as very pleasant circumstances, the reason that we can remain fixed with our thankfulness is because there is a good God above it all. There's a good God above it all, and he is unchanged by our changing circumstances. Isn't that great news for you today? That no matter how your circumstances change, and change they will, there is a great God above it all that is unchanged by all that changes in your life. It's because of that that we can take heart and find hope and be resolute and determined that we can and will be thankful in all circumstances and situations. Not necessarily for them all the time, but we can remain thankful in them all the time. And that good God, that very good God, is active in the challenges that come our way. He's not passive. He's not just sitting on the sidelines observing. He is very active in all the the challenges that come along our way. And he works through them. He works through them to highlight, to accentuate his glory. And to bring about our ultimate good. And our ultimate good is what a good God knows all about. We need to remember that we, we need to define good and best as God defines good and best. Because a lot of times the way we view good may not necessarily be what God, who is perfect in goodness, knows to be truly good for us. And he loves us too much not to give us our ultimate good. It's just like you as parents and what we do as parents. I mean, our children see something that's good. They see candy and cookies and, and cell phones as good, very, very good indeed. But you parents and, and we as parents say, well, I know you see this as good right now. What's right in front of you, you see it as good. But 
but I know this is not your ultimate good and therefore I'm withholding it from you. See, a lot of times that's what our good God and our perfect Father does for us out of love. And in all the challenges that come our way, He's active in working all that out to show off His glory and to turn our attention to His glory and to bring about our ultimate good. And it's those facts... Those realities that there is a good God that is unchanged by our changing circumstances and there is a good God that is active in our challenges bringing about our ultimate good. It's things like that that allowed Corey and Betsy Ten Boom in World War II as they were taken off into a horrible Nazi concentration camp to deliberately, intentionally, consistently find joy and thanksgiving in unimaginable circumstances. If you've never read Corrie Ten Boom's story about her time in, in the concentration camps with her sisters in the book called The Hiding Place, I highly recommend it. That's the kind of book to read every single year. And among all these stories that are in there that are just absolutely amazing of the supernatural ability to be thankful in all circumstances. There's one that always stands out to me. And it was shortly after they were taken to this this concentration camp and they were ushered into this great room where all the women were going to be staying. And they were in basically just little crates. That was their sleeping arrangements. And their beds were bales of, of mildewy, molded, old, rotten hay. And it smelled so bad it caused them to be nauseous instantly. And they were looking around and Corey was, was despairing and she was panicking. And Betsy was trying to encourage her. And she had just read that morning in, the, in her Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And she was encouraging her sister with that. And she said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start applying that right now. We're going to just start praying to God, thanking him for our blessings. And Corey says, what blessings? Are you, are you crazy? Look where we are. And she says, yes, but we're together. So they started praying and thanking the Lord that they were together. Then they started thanking the Lord for the fact that they hadn't been searched on the way in. So the scriptures were with them. So they had comfort and encouragement from the scriptures. Then they looked around and saw all these women packed like sardines. And they said, thank you, God, for all the women who will meet you in these pages. As Corey was starting to have the mindset change, all of a sudden she felt a bite on her leg. She looked down and saw this red whelp swelling. Then she felt another bite on her arm and then another one on the back of her neck. And she realized what it was. It was fleas that were inhabiting those beds of hay. And she, she said, Betsy, there's fleas everywhere. This place is infested with them. And Betsy reminded her, be thankful in all circumstances. Haven't you had that happen to you? When like you're discouraged, you're frustrated, you're upset, and someone with all the good intentions in in their heart and in their mind come alongside you and and they say what is true, but the timing of it just really hurts. You know, oh, just just be thankful. Praise the Lord, right? And I mean, you can't deny it. Yes, that's true, but it hurts. And it's like, oh, thanks. Really appreciate that. That's kind of how it was for her. Betsy said, Corey, thank God in all circumstances. She said, no, no, I refuse to thank God for fleas. 
And she kind of just stormed off. And can you blame her? Well, a few days went by, and uh, Corey was uh, working on on, uh, knitting socks. And she had overheard some of the officers talking. uh, And what she heard was that no officer was going to uh, come in to the place where these women were they weren't going to come in to that room. They weren't going to come in to bring food. They were going to just keep the food for them at the door. They weren't ever going to come through the door. And one of the other um, observers there uh, said, well, why is that? Why won't you go in there? And they said, because that room, that whole apartment is filled and crawling with fleas. We won't go near those women. So two things that caused to happen. Number one, it kept the women from being assaulted, which was always the practice in all the concentration camps. And Corey and Betsy had been the recipient of that in other places, where they would come in for joy and assault the women endless hours through the day and through the night. So that wouldn't happen. The other thing that would be prevented is that the Nazis, the soldiers, would not come in and find the women reading Scripture together and praying, which they did morning, noon, and night, and they were given the freedom to do that. And when Corey heard about that and and realized they weren't coming in for the things that she found so annoying and so frustrating, she got down on her knees said, God, forgive me for my spirit. And then she rushed in and told Betsy all about it and said, Betsy, Betsy, I'm thanking God for the fleas. Join me. Let's thank God for these fleas. And she told them, told her and all the other women what she had overheard. So they had a prayer service right there on the spot, thanking God for these, these fleas. See, it's all about perspective. And it's all about trust in a good God that sees a bigger picture than we do. And it's in trusting a, a perfect plan, planned by a perfect God. Knowing that what he has given to us or what he's allowed to come our way must be for our ultimate good and for his glory because he can't be anything other than good. At any point, God will always be perfectly good. He can't be anything else because he is goodness. He is the essence of goodness. And because he is also perfectly loving, he will always only allow to come our way what has come through his hand first and what will be used for our ultimate good and what will turn our attention upward to see his glory on display. And that's what the Ten Boom sisters were able to be reminded of and what they held on to. Talk about convicting. Talk about challenging. But it's what we need to keep in front of us as well. It's what we need to keep in front of our minds and in our hearts. The title of the message today is Remember to be Thankful. But we could also say it this way. To be thankful... Remember. To be thankful, remember. See, the reason that Corey and Betsy Tinboom and the others with her and others in other kinds of stories and maybe you in your life, the, the reason that at any point we in our fallen, weak human state are able 
to say, yes, God, I'm going to be thankful in all circumstances, in the good and the bad. It happens and it's, it's empowered when we remember, when we look back and we remember the goodness and faithfulness of our God. When we get our minds off of the current circumstances, this is, this is obviously especially true when the circumstances are less than ideal. When we get our minds, when we choose to take our minds off of those and we change our perspective and we look back on all the incredible examples of the faithfulness of God in the pages of the scripture and in the pages of your own story, in the story of your life, that's when we're able to have the ammunition and the fire and the fuel to be thankful in all circumstances. It's by remembering. It's by looking back. And that gives us the motivation and the ability to go forward in thankfulness. We see this um, truth and, and this challenge in a powerful way in the Old Testament in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. Joshua, Joshua 1, 4 through 7. The Word of God says this, After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Choose twelve men from from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing. Carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the twelve men he had selected from the Israelites, one man for each tribe, and said to them, Go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes. And here's what the purpose of this all was. So that this will be a sign among you. See, signs remind us. Signs draw our attention back to something great, something significant that has happened. This will be a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them, the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. Something to remember about the Israelites is that they needed these kinds of reminders because of how quickly they forgot. All through their journeying in the, in the wilderness with Moses, they saw miracle after miracle. I mean, it started at the very first night of the Exodus. They were miraculously delivered after all these miraculous plagues on Egypt. So here they are, they're they're delivered and they're on their way into the wilderness and it doesn't take very long before they start despairing and griping and complaining because here comes Egypt after them and they say to Moses, oh, so you just brought us out here to die? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? And God in his mercy and grace says, Okay, I'm going to deliver you again. Just be quiet, stand still. The Egyptians you see today, you will see no more forever. The Red Sea parted. They walked through on dry land. The Red Sea came back on all of of the Egyptian army and Pharaoh. They're all gone. They're going along, making their way to the promised land. They get hungry. 
They want food. They're given food. It wasn't the right kind of food. They get the right kind of food, and then they get sick on that. Then they're thirsty, and on and on and on and on. I can go to the point where Moses said, just kill me, God. Just kill me. Please, please, if you love me, kill me, because I can't take this anymore. And miracle after miracle. And then here comes Joshua, and he does the same kind of miracle through the power of the Spirit, which is letting all of Israel know, I'm with this guy. Saying, God is saying, I'm with him. He is, he is my chosen leader for you, and I'm endorsing him, and watch what I do. It should cause you to think back to you know, the Red Sea. But God knew that the Israelites would need a constant reminder because of how quickly they forgot his goodness, how quickly they went from being thankful to being unthankful. And let's be honest, we're Israel, aren't we? (laughs) Think back in your life at all the incredible miracles of God on your behalf. Think back over over the, the pages of the story of your life. And on every single page, miracle, grace, mercy, Blessing, provision, faithfulness, over and over and over. Never once can any of us say, God, you left me alone. Never once can any of us or will any of us ever be able to say to God, you didn't come through on your promises. You let me down. I was walking alone. Never one time will that be able to be said of us to God. And yet, we so often act and have the attitude that says that it is. I mean, it's just really amazing how quickly we forget, how quickly we go from thanking God and praising Him to, well, right? We get so bent out of shape and so easily thrown, so easily full of despair and discouragement. Oh, it's just so quick. It's almost our default. And so like Israel, we need to constantly be brought back to the example after example and testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness and goodness to us. And that's what these stones of memorial were for Israel. And what that that says to us is this fact and, and this principle that to be, we need to be thankful for God's faithfulness in the past. We really do. And we need to be aware of it. We need to keep looking back and seeing all the ways he came through and all the ways he showed up and all the ways he was good. So we need to be thankful for God's faithfulness in the past and be aware of it in the present. See, it takes both. Be thankful for God's faithfulness in the past, but remember and know that his goodness, his faithfulness, it's not limited to the past. It's very much a present reality. As God was faithful, he will be faithful now, and he will continue to be faithful forever in the the future beyond you. He's faithful in what you know to be true before. He is faithful in what you find yourself in right now, what's in front of your face. He will be faithful as he has been. And in what is unknown to you is not unknown to him. It's ordered, it's planned, and it's all going to bring about your ultimate good and his glory. Why? Because Jesus Christ 
is the same yesterday, the past, and today, and forever. He's the same in the past, the present, and the future, and he is always, always good. We need to remember that, and I think to help us remember that, we, like Israel, need to actually put a physical exercise to it. We need to actually do something tangible to help us remember, to help us think through those things. So in your bulletin, I already told you that you had, uh, hopefully, a 3 by 5 card. Uh, if you don't have a 3 by 5 card in your hand, you, you didn't get one because it escaped, it went flying away. Um, if you could just hold up your hand nice and high, and we will get you a 3 by 5 card. Also, if you need something to write with, hold up your hand. We have both of those for you, okay? Keep your hands up so they know that you need it. 3 by 5 card, writing utensil, okay? As they're making their way among you, we can do two things at once, right? Right? We have that ability. We have that ability. So as they're making their way among you, delivering that, there are jars up here that I'm sure you noticed. Hopefully you did. If not, glasses time maybe. There's these jars here. And um, there's a label on the jars. It says praise jar, praise jar. And underneath praise jar, it says this, we will remember and we are thankful. We will remember and we are thankful. And it has Joshua 4, 1 through 7, a passage we just looked at. So what I'm going to ask you to do in just a minute, I'm going to ask someone from each family. So think of, of your whole family and someone, whether it's your mom or your dad, the husband, the wife, Someone from each family, I just want to encourage you to come up and get a jar in just a minute. And on the the note card that you have, I want you to write, this is something that anybody in your family can do. I want you to write one, just start off with one, one example of thankfulness. One blessing that you know you have that is in your mind that you are thankful for. Write that down on that three by five card. And as someone from your family comes up to get a jar and they bring it back, you're going to put those in this jar. And this is for, I mean, if you don't have a family, if you're single, you're here, come up and get a jar, please. This isn't just for families. If you're just on your own, please get a jar and do this as individuals, okay? This is for all of us. Um, one for family and one for individuals if, you, if you're just here on your own. This is to be a start for you, though. This is for you to take home... And add to the collection that's in here as of this morning. So I want you to take this home, put it somewhere central in your home where everyone in your home is going to see it and be mindful of it. Keep this front and center and, and just continually add to it. Don't let this be something that's just around Thanksgiving. Add to this daily, weekly, months. And before long, you're going to find that it is just absolutely overflowing and you're going to need to get a, a bigger jar or a bowl or something. And here's what that's going to do in your life and in your family. It's not going to just like make you guys magically, perfectly thankful all the time, but it is going to draw your attention back to the importance of being thankful in all circumstances. And it's going to remind you of why you can be, because it's going to remind you of a good God who has shown up countless times and in countless ways in your lives and in your family's lives. 
And I'm, I'm telling you this from personal experience. We've done this at, in our family a couple times, and it really, really helps with the perspective. It helps on all levels, and it helps, helps me. It helps my wife. It helps our kids. And from time to time, take those out, look at them, read them out loud together, and pray together to God, thanking Him for everything that's written down. 